Well, good morning. We're looking this morning at faith and how Joshua lives by faith and how that can help us in our lives of living by faith. We're going to see how Joshua faced really faith under fire, how his uh, faith was challenged as he moved into new situations and maybe look at some of the things that uh, God can teach us through that. I don't know whether you've ever had a new task to do and you've been very conscious about the person that's done it before and how well they performed in that particular task. I think Joshua's heart must have uh, sunk a little bit as uh, following Moses as a bit of a hard act to follow. uh, We're just at the point in the book in the Bible in Joshua where the people are about to enter the promised land and Moses has been leading the people. He's been leading the people for the last 80 years. So it would be a bit uh, of a major omission to have uh, missed out that Moses had just died. And um, if anybody had missed that Moses had just died, they've just had 30 days of mourning. And uh, here's Moses' epitaph in the end of Deuteronomy. It says, Since then no prophet's risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He did all these miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh, to all his officials, to his whole land. No one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. So that's what Joshua's got to follow. (laughs) It's quite a hard act, isn't it? And so as the people stand on the tiptoe, really, looking out over the promised land, Uh, they need to move forward now and Joshua is going to lead them forward as they they go. Now, does anybody know uh, how the people knew uh, what the promised land was like? Who was sent into the promised land? So, uh, there's a bit of interaction now in terms of the... There were, hopefully, interaction anyway. There were 12 people sent out (laughs) into the promised land to have a look at it. Anybody remember the names of the people that were sent out? Caleb, yeah. And Joshua, yes, yeah. And they were the two that had faith. Anybody remember the names of those that didn't have faith? Which tells you something about those that don't have faith, doesn't it? Uh, So, yeah, so Joshua and Caleb had been sent out to the land before. They gave very encouraging reports of what the land was like. The people didn't believe that. So, basically, God said to them, you're going to stay in the wilderness for a whole generation before moving into Canaan. Now Joshua is the leader, God has appointed him as the leader of the people and he's going to go forward now in faith, moving forward into a new situation. And I just want to look very, very practically at a number of things that God says to people, to Joshua, to us, that are moving forward into new situations in faith to to encourage us and to, to help us. First thing is that God says to Joshua repeatedly, be bold, be strong. And he says that three times, be strong, be courageous, don't be terrified, don't be discouraged, for I'm with you wherever you go. And I would have thought the only reason for the need to say over and over again, don't be terrified, don't be frightened, be bold, be strong, is if you are tempted to be discouraged. There's no point in saying it otherwise, is there, unless somebody was tempted to be discouraged. I remember looking at this passage uh, at a time where I was was going to travel over to America uh, and go and visit Stafford, Virginia, and I I don't like flying at all. I I, I 
fear terrorist attacks. I don't like flying. And so I booked this flight in the hope that, a few months earlier, in the hope that sort of by the time this flight took place, I was going to be, I was going to be fine. On the day before we were due to fly to Washington, uh, the FBI issued a warning that they believed terrorists were planning a major, I quote, massive and spectacular attack over the next fortnight, <laughs> possibly involving a commercial airline. And if it needed to be more specific than that, Al-Qaeda issued a six-page statement saying, if you don't stop supporting Israel and America, expect to see us in Washington. Great. I could see the need uh, why Joshua would need to have things repeated to him about being bold and being strong because when you're nervous about things, that's what you need. You need somebody saying to you, you need God saying to you, be bold, be strong. This is the way I am calling you to go. Because I did believe God was asking me to go to America at that point. But sometimes that doesn't, even if we're mature Christians, it doesn't stop things being very frightening, very challenging. But God promises, as he calls us, uh, when he calls us to do things, that he's not going to leave us on those. He's not going to abandon us. And so that message of being strong, being courageous, knowing that that God is with us. And that's important from a pastoral point of view. It's also important because we need to know and understand God's plans when he says he's with us. Because what Joshua is going to do here, and this is kind of the second point, is he's going to be part of God's big plan. He's going to be part of God's big plan in what he's doing. He's going into the promised land which God has, has called these people to go into. And hopefully what we're doing in our lives, every day of our lives, is moving forward with God in the way that he wants. That we're moving forward in a way that he wants to, to take us into. Uh, some of you will know, most of you will know, that I'm a theology student at the moment, amongst other things. And at the moment, I'm studying the book of Revelation. And that shows that actually there's a, always a battle going on. As we seek to serve God, there's always a battle going on. But the book of Revelation also shows us something else. It also shows us very clearly that Jesus has won that battle. So as we think about our lives and how we go ahead, that's kind of important, I think, to understand. second thing to understand about our faith under fire sometimes, that uh, although there's a battle going on, if we want to serve God, we're going to be in tough situations. That Actually, that battle is won by Jesus. That battle's won. It's kind of amazed me, really, talking to other theology students. You'd think, wouldn't you, that lots of people at Moorlands are on courses where they're in placements in churches, most of them are. You'd think, how lovely, what a lovely thing to be doing beyond as a, as a course where you can sort of study the Bible and you can be in a church working all the time. How, it must just all be plain sailing for all these people. There is hardly anybody that I speak to who in some sense does not face major, major challenges about their life in different ways and what's, what's going on. And I think that's partly because there is a battle going on. There is a battle going on. The devil doesn't like it when we want to uh, follow Jesus. And so there's a battle going on. But it's a battle that Jesus has won. So, faith under fire. Remembering that God is with us. That he calls us to be strong and courageous even when we're, we're terrified. That he wants us to know that even if there's a battle going on, it's a battle that he's won.
third point I want to draw out of Joshua's story about faith is that it's about being where God wants us to be uh, and doing the things God wants us to do. Joshua, for about 80 years, has been the, sort of the deputy for, for Moses. Uh, the conductor, Leonard Bernstein, was asked uh, once about, he conducted orchestras, and he was asked, what's the most difficult role to get somebody to play in an orchestra? And he said, oh, um, the second violin, second fiddle. He said, everyone wants to play the, the first violin, everyone wants to have the uh, very upfront role, but nobody wants to play usually the second fiddle, the, uh, the accomplished role, but the, the less prominent role. But Joshua has been faithful throughout the years in that second fiddle role. That's been fine. And when God now gives him a greater, in a sense, or different responsibility, that's fine as well. So Joshua, in terms of his faith, is somebody who is prepared to be wherever God places him. Whether that's second fiddle role, major role, whatever. And he's not afraid to assume leadership when that's needed. He's not afraid either to play a more minor role when that's needed. Um, But we've seen, as we mentioned, about when the spies go out, he's faithful to God even when other people aren't. He's kind of faithful. It's Mother Teresa, I think, who I haven't checked this, but but I think it was her who said, we need to be people who are small enough for God to use. We need to be people who are small enough for God to use. So that in the small roles and the big roles too, we're where God wants us to be. Fourth point about faith under fire, and faith when we're really feeling up against it and challenged. And that's remembering that God is ahead of us. On my challenging uh, trip to America a few years back, uh, I was going to stay with some people. Obviously I didn't know them at all because they were living in, in Stafford, Virginia, in America. The, the people I was staying with, uh, the chap turned out to be a lawyer with a very dry sense of humour who got sort of teaching responsibility in the church. And uh, his, his sense of humour was terrific, which was just as well because they'd been told I was the youth pastor and I had a lot of explaining to do about how I wasn't going to be able to do all these youth pastor tasks. But uh, it, it was a case of going over to America and going over to people I'd never met before and suddenly finding that, that God was ahead of me, that I was meeting people there who I'd got lots and lots in common with, who I'd never met before because God had gone ahead. And I think as we live in faith, as we seek to, to live in faith and pray to God, give me opportunities, uh, let me see you in this situation that God actually meets with us and God actually shows himself in ways maybe we we could never have imagined. That's going to be true uh, for Joshua too, that God says, I'm going before you, everywhere you're going to go, uh, I'm with you. And I won't steal all of Joe Baldock's material for next week, but in Joshua chapter 2, they go into the house of a prostitute and they kind of hear this prostitute saying things you'd hear in uh, that, that, that God has said to them. And they think, wow, wow, we've we've gone into a prostitute's house in a foreign land who's our enemy and suddenly we're hearing God speak to us there. But it happens because Joshua is obedient and Joshua's faithful 
he takes the risk to go into new situations. And actually when he goes into those situations, he uh, finds that God meets with him there. It would be great, wouldn't it, if God gave us a clear plan. I think it would be great if God gave us a clear plan as to how everything was going to work out in our lives. If actually we didn't need faith because we knew how it was all going to, to pan out. God doesn't promise us a clear plan how everything's going to pan out. What he promises Joshua is that he is going to be with him and he's going to be with him every step of the way. The most powerful examples of, of that in recent times, I think, or sort of over the last century, was at the end of the, um, well, at the end of 1939, where the King, King George, was making his Christmas Day broadcast. And it was a very uncertain time. It was a battle, it was a war situation for the country. And he had to provide some hope, really, for the, for the country. And he quoted this, this poem about uh, how God leads, really. He said, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I might tread safely into the unknown. But he replied, go out into the darkness, put your hand into the hand of God, and that should be to you better than light, safer than a known way. And so God's leads us, God promises to be with us, he doesn't promise to give us a plan he doesn't promise to give us the detail what he promises is that he's always going to be with us next point uh, I think this is almost the last is about sort of keeping focus again one of the things in the um, second world war was the post that used to be up, keep calm and carry on it's very easy in a battle situation when our faith is challenged to lose focus, to panic, or at least I, I find it is, uh, to panic, to lose focus, to, to forget what are the most important things. And that, in a sense, is what the people have done here in the past. They've forgotten what God was saying to them, they've forgotten God's promises, and as a result of that, they've spent 38 years wandering around in the desert because they didn't trust God. All the blessings were there for them, but they wouldn't take it up. And so Joshua, in terms of developing his faith, has given some very practical advice uh, to, as to how to do that. To speak it out. God says, speak out the law, speak out my word. Think about it, meditate about it. Be obedient to it. And... Again, some of the stuff we've been doing at Moreland's uh, College is about very much, in terms of our faith, really seeking to protect that, to guard that, so we can really serve God in the way that he wants. And one of the things I've said is about actually speaking prayers out loud, speaking the Bible out loud. Um, we were looking at Revelation and they read it out loud to us so that we could understand it, so we could follow it. But focusing on God, keeping focus. I don't think any of this is easy if we're truly wanting to follow God. I don't think trying to live our faith under fire is easy. And that's why I think we need, just coming back to that message that Joshua is given repeatedly by God, be strong, be courageous, keep trusting in me, don't be terrified, don't be discouraged, but I'm going to be with you wherever you go. 
I just want to finish by um, using a prayer that's from the uh, Methodist Church. It talks about our faith under fire and about things we can do practically to help us in our faith. We're taught too about being where God wants us to be. And again, sometimes in a battle situation, a, a tricky situation, it's not easy. There's a prayer from the Methodist Church that talks about, it's a covenant prayer. And it talks about saying to God, well really, whatever. Wherever you, God you want me to be, I'll be there. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. So, I'll pray this, and if you want to say amen to this, I will do, do that, and then we'll sing a song together. I'm no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticised for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer and sustainer. You are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen.